Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of my international, all of my, you want to say, global listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the greattalkzone.com internet radio. And um, what a beautiful day that God has given to us, a chance to do what we have not done. We can complete the, you know, any undone task from the day before. And how beautiful is that, listeners? I certainly appreciate you tuning into my show. Can you believe that next month is Thanksgiving? Wow, wow, wow. And for all of you who have been with me, know that this is the time that I start playing my Christmas music. You know, I just love it, listeners, you know, hearing the Christmas music early because, you know, then a lot of the stations stop playing it. Um, so, so fast because the, actually the whole season goes by so quickly. So, you know, I want to hear all my Christmas music early. It really, um, um, you know, it, it gets me in the, in the, in the mood and, um, uh, and I, I just love it. It's beautiful music. Well, here we are, listeners. We are coming to the end of this year, 2018. That has gone by so dang on fast. And I'm telling you, listeners, we must do what we have to do today. Don't put off what you need to do too far into the future. And do you guys believe in looking retrospect? You know, reviewing all of the events, um, you know, good and bad that has taken part in your life, what you would do differently. So the end results will bring forward an upward movement positively in your life. Well, I'm just saying I do. I do this retrospective thinking and actually, um, uh, listeners, I do it pretty frequently in order that I can, you know, have clarity and therefore learn what I did wrong to improve myself as well as I did, you know, you know, did I do this right before? Did I do this wrong before? And, you know, that's all. Okay. All right. So here in Arizona, it has finally cooled off. It has been um, maintaining the stance in the 80s, you know, upper, middle, lower, who knows. I'm good with that, although I will tell you that I would like for it to be even cooler like it used to be before global warming kicked in. You know, we were able to wear our our sweaters, you know, our boots, you know, um, maybe even some gloves, you know. So I'm kind of longing for that. Okay. Listeners, what about the winner in South Carolina in the lottery? You know, the mega. Isn't that fabulous? And even after taxes, the winner will receive, they're saying, $884 million. I want to say congratulations to the winner. I think it's fabulous. That is one single winner, and it's in a state that has, you know, had so much devastation caused to it by the recent hurricanes, you know, and I wish them all the best. And also, they were reporting that there's like 30 million, I'm sorry, 30 individuals, I wish it was 30 million individuals, but 30 individuals in this country who won a million. So for all of you who have not checked your tickets, such as myself, uh, check your tickets and, you know, for all of those who did and they won a million, congrats to those as well. Now, um, listen, I have something um, lighthearted I want to speak to you about. Last Sunday, my husband and I, we went to the IPIC Theater to see this spectacular magi- magician. And uh, he is um, 
known for his sleight of hand movements. His name is Eric Jones. Now, a lot of you may have heard of him, and then maybe some of you have gone to the IPIC theaters. He's making his rounds throughout this country wherever there are IPIC theaters, and he's doing his shows there for the weekend. Now, he is a person of color, for all of those who don't know anything about Eric Jones, and um, he was absolutely fabulous. Now, a lot of you also may say, hmm, his name is familiar. Well, he was the gentleman who was on America Got Talent in 2017, season 12, and he reached the semifinals. Now, on Google, it describes him as he dazzles his audiences with his digital dexterity. He uses these tools to deceive, entertain, and astonish his audiences with his mind-blowing illusions. Coins multiply, cards fly, and audiences stun. I know my husband and I were. Well, as we were entering the theater, we ran smack into him. We introduced ourselves and vice versa, and we had like a little bit of a chat, and then we went on to our seats. He was very nice and an even kill um, individual. I could I could feel the the you know the the pleasantry uh, from him. And um and I must throw in that he's also very uh, handsome and talent talented and well spoken. Well, he was gracious enough to take the time to take a picture with me and listen. And so you know I'm just besides myself. And he also listeners invited me to join with him to take part in one of his magic acts. And uh, my husband has it filmed, and, of course, he has it all filmed, too. And I'm telling you, we had a fabulous time. And then afterwards, after the show was all done, um, we uh, met his beautiful and smart girlfriend. Her name is Amber, and who, by the way, she is serving our country in the military. She served some time in Iraq, she said, and she is a professor, and she can fly airplanes. She just go on and on with her talents as well. And uh, she's just a fabulous woman of color. So I'm, you know, very proud of her and I'm very proud of Eric. And I'm going to schedule her and Eric Jones on my show uh, and on my upcoming show. We've already discussed it, you know, when we can get our, our busy schedules together. And uh, so, you know, it, it, it's, it was it was a great show. If none of you have not um, seen him, his name is Eric E.R.I.C. Jones. And, um, you know, I implore you to, to look him up and if he's in your you know, neck of the woods, you should go check them out. It was, it was really a good show. Okay. November 6th is fast approaching, listeners, to vote for the midterm elections. Now, a lot of you out there have already voted via, you know, mail or early voting, and others out there are planning to actually go to the polls and exercise their right, such as my husband and I do. I like physically going in. You know, which is fine for me. And if that's how you guys want to do it, early early voting, mail-in votes, that's fine. All I'm saying is to be sure to study the candidates who you are voting for and make sure you know where the voting places are and the times they open and close. This is very important that you know this as this is a very important election. And, um, you know, so I'm going to say vote, vote. Vote, vote. It doesn't matter what party you are affiliated with. Just please exercise your right to vote. Okay, so my show today continues to have um, great guests. Um, this is the month of October and um, cancer awareness for women out there and for all of you uh, women who have not gone and, uh, you know, to for your medical examinations to make sure that you're doing good. So please do so, such as myself. And um, so my guest today is going to be Michelle Kubas. 
She is a professional business coach and a professional writer. She describes herself as a, as a, as a, as a, a, a wordsmith, which I think is fine. And, um, um, she will be on momentarily and she and I are going to be talking about the following subject matters. Um, my dinner table conversation listeners are, is titled, if you are witnessing a situation that could become harmful to another person, what would you do? Then Michelle and I are going to talk about the reverse of the transgender description. What's next? Medicare, Medicaid, Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security to solve the deficit? Really? Following Trump down a rabbit hole? What does that mean? Watch what you hate as it can manifest in itself in your life totally. Okay, we have a lot to talk about, so let's get right on talking about the dinner table conversation. If you are witnessing a, a situation that could become harmful to another person, what would you do? Now, this is in reference, listeners, to the situation that happened on Ryanair um, this week, and I'm certain that you all know or have heard about it. If not, please go to CNN.com and look for the article titled, Man Launches into Racist Rant on Ryanair Plane, but kept his seat. And this article is by Darren Simon, CNN. It is dated October 22nd, 2018. It goes in part like this. A spokeswoman for Theresa May said the British prime minister condemns abhorrent racial abuse after a passenger on a European airplane made racist remarks about another passenger that was caught on video. The man had threatened to push an elderly black woman onto another seat. A crew of the Ryanair flight from Barcelona, Spain to London intervened, but the flight took off on Friday with at least one passenger wanting the unidentified man who made the remarks to be booted off the flight? Now, note, listeners, one passenger. What's up with that? Now, if you saw the video or or when you look at the video, should you want to, you will hear this person's voice throwing, saying, throw him off the plane. Also in the video, you can see a couple smiling. And I'm thinking, OK, were they in agreement or were they just nervous? So. In the footage, a man in the in the window seat was heard was heard saying he refused to sit next to an elderly woman seated in an aisle seat. The man hurled inserts at the woman and called her an ugly black bastard before the flight took off, according to a cell phone video recorded by London based musician David Lawrence. Now, the prime minister has, as I have said before, has uh, made it clear that racial abuse is abhorrent. And Ryanair has received backlash across social media for failing to intervene or remove the man from the plane. Now, you know, you hear these things and it's like, okay, so what the heck is, you know, is going on? You know, what, what started this? Now, when they, the woman's daughter said in, uh, in, in an interview that her mother has arthritis and she didn't stand up immediately from her aisle seat to allow this man to get onto the window seat. And the and Lawrence also told CNN the woman's daughter got up and came to her mother's defense saying she was elderly and disabled. Well, get this, uh, listeners, I, I say that he was uh, elderly as well. Now, here's my questions to you. If you were on this flight, what would your reaction be, if any? Do you think that if you were the flight attendant, you would have handled the situation differently? And what differences would you have invoked in this situation? In an instance as such as this, the individual started the ugly commotion. Should he have been thrown off the plane? 
Now, as usual, if you do not want to discuss this uh, topic, please come up with one of your own as the whole primary purpose of the dinner table conversation is to get everybody, the whole family, friends, neighbors, all to the table to sit down together. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, I am bringing my uh, guest on right now. Her name is Michelle Kuba. She is a friend to the show. She is a business coach, a professional writer, a wordsmith, and she is an excellent commentator. Thank you, Michelle, for being on my show today. Well, good morning, Teresa. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say I love the topic. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. They have a TV show that does that with, with people who they film them to see what their reactions are to these kinds mm-hmm. of things. Yeah, they do. Um, it's uh, with uh, John Quinones, and uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, what, what would you do? It's a fabulous show, and and I like it because it engages people to be more cognizant, I feel. And also, um, you know, what would you do if, if someone, you know, is being harassed or bullied or 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 even if it's you that this is happening to, how would you react? So I think it's a great thing. Okay, let's jump into our first topic, uh, Michelle, which is called The Reversal of the Transgender Description. What's next? Now, this is an article that um, um, I pulled from Signal. Uh, sorry, sorry, DailySignal.com, and the title of this article is Four Things to Know About Trump's Possible Reversal of Obama's Transgender Policy by Fred Lucas, 10-22-2018. And I would like to mention that Fred Lucas also has a podcast, and he is also a White House correspondent. Now, it says in part that the Department of Health and Human Services is reportedly considering scrapping Obama-era executives' actions tying federal school funding to recognizing gender as a choice. The report Sunday in the New York Times on the proposed change referenced a leaked memo. Nothing has been finalized, however. Now, here's one of the things, Michelle, that it says that to know about the potential new policy. Now, the new policy is, if adopted, would likely put into writing the presumption in place before President Barack Obama's administration's executive action. Now, the Obama administration in 2016 mandated that public schools open their restrooms, locker rooms, and showers to transgender students based on their gender identity rather than on their biological sex. The Obama administration served Title IX provides protections for transgender students, thereby requiring schools to allow transgender students into restrooms and locker rooms based on their gender gender identity. Now, Family Research Council senior fellow uh, Peter Sprigg followed the issued the following statement about the report in the New York Times. He says that members of Congress who prohibited discrimination on the basis of sex in employment and public accommodations in 1964 and in education in 1972 did not have gender, uh, transgender identities in mind when they did so. It should be perfectly clear, he says, that the original legislative intent based on the plain meaning of the word sex as understood at the time was to protect people against discrimination because they are biologically female or biologically Male, your comments, Michelle. It. I am always amazed at how much work goes into undoing everything that Obama 
uh, I did. You know, I just, I find the whole conversation is, I think it's a big distraction. I don't think mm-hmm. they're really going to do anything because I think there's going to be a tremendous backlash, especially with the upcoming election. Uh, I just think it's an, it's like a, a New Year's Eve uh, noisemaker, personally. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, the thing, the scary thing is, um, uh, Michelle, and, um, you know, picking up on what you said about how this administration is so, um, so stuck on reversing everything that, um, President Obama uh, did in his administration. The thing is, is that, okay, so what, so what is next? You know, um, what they want to think that they could dabble into reversing. Well, let me, let me say this before I continue to say that. In a recent, um, news bite, uh, Trump said last week that he would like to see all the laws change. All laws change. So let's, let's keep that in mind. Um, so this article also says, Michelle, that last year the Trump administration withdrew the Obama's administration's, um, edict to force schools to allow biological males to use girls' showers, locker rooms, and restrooms and vice versa. It also restored the original meaning of civil rights protections to bar discrimination on the basis of sex. Adopting a formal definition of sex in biological terms would be consistent with this move. So that's what I'm saying, Michelle. So do you think that they, that um, you're saying that you don't think that they would actually do this, particularly in the wake of the midterm election, and they know that a lot is at stake for them, meaning the the uh, the uh, Republicans, and, uh, for example, dabbling in, into maybe the civil rights uh, laws that, that are now uh, in this, oh, in this yeah. country. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. To me personally, I see this as what in the military they call mission creep. This is, uh, they, it's, they float these balloons to see the reactions of people mm-hmm. see before they actually take a step in that direction. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. see what backlash, what is, you know, oh, we better not go there kind of uh, situation. You, if you'll notice, that's a trend with this administration. They, they yeah. float these balloons and then they have to, what they call, walk it back. And mm-hmm. uh, that, that, I think that's why we as a, as a people have to be vigilant because this is classic demagoguery. My husband is from Cuba, and he used to listen to the rants of uh, Castro. And he says there's so much uh, relationship between what he remembers as a, a young man in Cuba and watching this president. It is actually terrifying. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And this is what why I'm talking, and this is what I'm saying. And um, before I get on to my next subject... Uh, Michelle, very quickly, I would like to, uh, uh, you know, hear your comments on this, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for, for my listeners. And that is, you know, I, you know, I think it's just terrible with all of these pipe bombs. Uh, not, not that is, and this, this is unfortunate to say, not that it isn't anything unusual that has gone on in our country, but you would think that people would, you know, learn better, Michelle. And, you know, and they and they keep doing these things. And then Trump has blamed it on the Democrats uh, to get sympathy votes, 
Uh, he's yeah. blamed it. He's, he's blamed it on the news media, you know, that this is the fake news and, and all of this. And I mean, and, and his rant in, in his, um, in, in his, uh, rally, uh, uh, you know, how he was calling the Democrats all type of terrible names and, and evil and, and so forth and so on. Right. And, and, but he's going to exonerate himself from being the culprit when he know he is the absolute demonic culprit in this this is also michelle very reminiscent of when bush was in office remember that that you know it's you know you cannot say anything about the president and and blah 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 you know are your comments right yeah you're not Uh, you're not patriotic michelle what are your thoughts very quickly on this well very quickly the thoughts are this is where we have to be vigilant as a population because the the longer this goes on the more it becomes normalized. And there's a great poem, I forgot the name of it, but it talks about uh, first they came for, and then there's a list, and then they came for, and finally they came for me. And this, that's, yeah. this is where this is going. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we have to learn our lessons from history. But my, my But you know what, Michelle? The thing that concerns me is that a lot of um, um, people here in this country are not learning from history, and I, well, they you don't know, know, I've talked history. That's why. Well, the, well, it, exactly, exactly. You know, you're talking about fake news, <laughs> okay? Uh, let's yeah. look at the history. Let's look at the history books because even when I was in school, we were in school. You know, Michelle, my my parents, uh, especially my father, was very much a historian. I've said this before, and um, and um, so he, you know, talked to us about the real, real, the real things that happened, you know, in history and and things of that nature, you know, because he mm-hmm. and my mom, he and my mom were, you know, um, uh, you know, living when. You know, for example, you know, Rosa Parks and all of these other things happened. And and even before then, you know, it was very, very interesting to listen to him, you know, talk about the, you know, the the history and the things that they had they saw and they had to deal with as they were coming up. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's that they're not teaching history, but I'm telling it, you know, to everybody who is, you know, will, will want to listen if they engage in a conversation with me. And I'm telling it to my grandkids um, as well. The real deal. You know what I'm saying? That, oh, that, sure. Well, there you go. There's a name for the, the history book, history book, The Real Deal, you know. Yeah, there you go. They're, they're, yeah. Let's sign that one up. Uh, exactly. The, the whole point is that people are, are asleep. They have, mm-hmm. They're so overwhelmed with the stress of contemporary life from every device uh, that they're connected to to the just the overwhelming um avalanche of information that pours out on people every day it creates anxiety i call it info anxiety in my book uh-huh and uh-huh. it's it just it's like when you have you open your email box and there are a thousand emails in there it just makes you crazy so yeah shut off that they they tune out and then they hear what they want to hear that makes them feel comfortable. And that's what mm-hmm. the tragedy of this whole thing is. The, the lack of curiosity, the, the willingness. To, uh, to me, this is like Elmer Gantry watching this mm-hmm. and uh, 76 trombones, the music man. You know, it's just, uh, this is, 
this is one of those chapters that will go down with the McCarthy era. Oh, absolutely. Excuse me. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, but, you know, I understand what you're saying because I have said on my show uh, many times that people are not awake, that they are that they are asleep. So we're basically saying the same thing. Um, But the thing is, is that people need to need to, you know, revitalize themselves on whatever level and however they can, because this is this is very painstaking. This is very serious. Um, that's going on. And this is why I had started pushing about voting early on in my program. I started, you know, months ago talking about um, getting out and vote, you know. So, yeah, well, I just I just want to. Your first point is really critical about people just paying attention, number one, and to question mm-hmm. things. It's not just disrespectful exactly. to ask a question. It's not if they're worried about being disrespectful, calling, locking people up, and all of these things. If that's not disrespectful, I have I have never seen crowd behavior quite like this. And my mm-hmm. my recollection is when that Joe Walsh yelled out at Obama in his first. Um, excuse, excuse me, Michelle. Could you quiet yes. the dog? It's in the background. Oh, he's. I'm already in the in the the other room. Uh, I'm sorry. I mm-hmm. uh, I <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. Um, anyway, I'll put it on mute and you can respond. Okay. Yeah. The thing the thing is is that um, I I understand I understand what what you're saying. Um, however, you know people, you know it. You know everyone that's out there listening to me. You know what gets me is that. Um, when, uh, you know, Trump says things, the media, one thing that I, that I, I, you know, that, that, that gets me with the media is that when he says things, nobody corrects him. They just let, he just says stuff and, and that's okay. You know, it isn't disrespectful. You know, you're trying to be respectful of, of him or whatever when he's not being, Trump is not being respectful of you with the things that just fly out of his mouth. No one questions him or any on you know on on anything. It's it's ridiculous. So okay, let's move on to our next topic, Michelle. Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security to solve the deficit. Really, Mitch McConnell eyes cut to Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security to address deficit. This is in an article on MSNBC.com by Steve Bennon, and it was ten sixteen twenty eighteen. It states in part nearly a year ago as the debate over Republican tax breaks for the wealthy was near its end. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican of Kentucky, insisted that the tax cuts didn't need to be paid for because they'd pay for themselves. I not only don't think it will increase the deficit, I think it will be beyond revenue neutral, McConnell said in December of 2017. In other words, I think it will produce more than enough to fill that gap. Now, whether the GOP leader actually believe his own rhetoric is an open question. But either way, we now know the Kentucky senator's claim was spectacularly wrong. The Republican tax breaks have, as Democrats and those familiar with arithmetic predicted, send the nation's budget deficit soaring. The article goes on to say, take a wild guess when when McConnell told Bloomberg News he wants he wants to do about it. OK, he says that McConnell on Tuesday blamed rising federal deficits, um, 
Michelle and my listeners, and debt on a bipartisan unwillingness to contain spending on Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, and said he sees little chance of a major deficit reduction deal while Republicans control Congress and the White House. It is disappointing, but it's not a Republican problem, McConnell said in an interview with Bloomberg News when asked about the rising deficits and debt, Michelle. It is a bipartisan problem, he says. Unwillingness to address the real drivers of the debt by doing something to adjust those programs to the demographics of America in the future. He also added that he believes Medicare, Social Security, and Medicaid funding constitutes the real driver of the debt. Now, the, the article says before we get into the broader implications of McConnell's argument, it's important to understand that we already know it's the Republicans' tax breaks for the rich that have made the deficit vastly larger. When McConnell calls the increased federal borrowing very disturbing, as he did this morning, it's like watching an arsonist wring his hands over the ashes he recreated, he created. Now, the Senate GOP leader helped create this mess, and he hasn't earned the right to complain about it. Now, Michelle, we both know, you know, and I'm sure that my listeners full well know that the deficit is not the blame, um, you know, that the Social Security, the Medicare, Medicaid is not the blame for the rising costs in this governmental structure. It's a number of things. Your comments about this? Well, this is a, this is an old story that uh, started back before 9-11. Uh, mm-hmm. George Bush and Dick Cheney had wanted to get out there and privatize the Social Security system and turn it into a voucher system. Mm-hmm. This is old news because mm-hmm. uh, they, their attempt failed. But if you'll remember when Bush gave his tax cuts, that also boosted the deficit. And yes. they had the same conversation. This is nothing new. And yeah. uh, Paul, the economist, that are really uh, they're against this as a as a technique to lower the deficit because mm-hmm. they, they, what they're going to have to do is knock people off the uh, Medicare and and so on. They don't want it to be Medicare for all, so they're trying to dilute it before it gets started. This mm-hmm. push for the one single payer, the, it's all entwined. So in, unless people become knowledgeable about these things, all of this will be ripped away from uh, from the population. That's my my feeling. Yeah, well, you know, people need to remember, and as we said, that people forget because they're so um, avalanche with so much craziness going in, going on in our in our nation and in our world in, in general. And we need to remember that the deficit. Um, as you mentioned about Bush, about wanting to prioritize Social Security, which would really been um, insane. People don't remember that. So I'm awakening all of those who are listening to me to remember this and to remember what was happening when Bush was in office and to remember what was happening when Reagan was in office and then and then another four years of Bush, his father. So that was 12 years and it was hard. I know because, you know, I I was there. And um, and you were there, Michelle, and all of my listeners was there. And just remember, you know, that how hard it was and um, and to remember what um, President Obama had, you know, was handed over when he took office. 
And, um, and this is, this is also, I'm, you know, I'm beating a dead horse, but man just does not learn. They keep doing the same things over and over again. Bush also, we had all these wars going on, Iraq, Afghanistan. You know, we had all of that going on, you know, borrowing money from China. It was just a mess. It was just a, a total mess. Set up this deficit, so they tried to dress it up as if they're being fiscally responsible, which used to be the Republican platform, that they mm-hmm. were the, the fiscal uh, hawk. But today, mm-hmm. it's anything goes. The thing, the way I see it, the, the only cure for this is term limits. Give these people two terms and, and let them go. It was never intended to to be a, a, a career. Mm-hmm. The, the founders wanted people to bring their expertise from the private sector and bring mm-hmm. bring it into the government, improve the government, and then leave, not to stand it- around. And uh, if these people should try to get a job, wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, Michelle? I mean, you know, you know, I've talked on, talked about this on my show. You know, again, it would be very interesting. You know, and they should have term limits. It should not be, Michelle, where they're in there and they're in there for like thirty years. Some of these people have been there. It's like amazing. So they're in there and they're collecting monies from the, you know, from the lobbyists, Michelle. Come on now. You know, that's what's going on. Really? Oh, for sure. Be- because if you. Thicket, um, yeah, it's just terrible. Yes, it is. It's terrible. Robbery. I mean, it is. And tell my listeners to please go and research the amount of money that a representative makes and what a senator makes. But then you look at these people, you know, like sometimes they'll show you on the news or whatever. Maybe they have to, you know, go to their house or something to the film footage. And you're like, oh, my God, what a spread they live in. How is that happening? OK, have, right. do you all do you all ever ask yourself that? Oh, my son goes to Yale. My son, my daughter goes to Stanford, you know, blah, 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 blah. How is that happening? And here we are struggling to send our children, you know, to college, uh, for example. I'm not talking about high school and grammar school. We're talking about college right now. And um, as as uh, Terry Griffiths pointed out on the show last time, that a lot of these uh, uh, individuals, you know, they are joining the military just so that they can go to college, Michelle. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? The benefit. Uh, absolutely. That's. And good for them. And thank you for your service, kind of thing. Uh, exactly. The, the 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 issue we have to look at. There's a beautiful. There's a great little book called The Trap. Uh, the author's. I think it's called Daniel Brooks. I believe is the author, and mm-hmm. it talks about the Reagan years. How all of this, you know, college in the state system used to be tuition free. Yes. In California. Yes. And Reagan was so upset with the students, with their protesting and rioting, mm-hmm. that he took that away and imposed <coughs> tuition. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And that, it's in the book, it shows all of it called The Trap by Daniel Brooks, mm-hmm. I think it's called. So the listeners might find that very interesting. Yes. Uh, what I wanted to, um, I was just listening. Thank you for that um, information, Um, uh, Michelle. How can you have a thriving populace if you have an uneducated populace? It's it's just it's just amazing how man just wants to step be stagnant. How their minds, 
never go anywhere. I mean, this may seem nominal, you know, or small, but let's just even talk about the movies that are coming out, uh, Michelle. A lot of them are remakes. They're remaking this. Even the television shows, they're rebooting. They're calling it rebooting. What is up with that? What is up with that? Man can no longer write and why? What, you know, what, what is going on with that? They're, they're reinventing the Titanic. Come on now, really? Really? Where, you know, I was talking to um, a, a gentleman in the store um, yesterday and I was saying, okay, so they're redoing the Titanic. The people are going to be dressed like the people were in the Titanic is supposed to be going the same route and that the, that the first one went. I'm like, okay, great. That's really good. So you're going to have, you know, all the rich people and then the poor people down in the deep bowels of the boat. I mean, you know, what's going to, what is the whole purpose of this? With all of the things that society needs, that this is something that you do? Because it's, you know, you may not understand what I'm talking about, Michelle, or my listeners. Oh, I know what you're but, talking but, about. But, but, you know, it's, it's that, you know, I look at everything from the, from the, um, minuscule to, to grande, you know, and it's like, okay, man has not grown. And when I say man, I'm talking about women, all of us as human beings, a lot of us, a, a, a too good big of amount of us, minds have not grown. It's just stagnant. It's going in reverse instead of going forward and upward. That's my exactly. point. Exactly, and that's what the, that, that's, that's my what point. The attempt is to bring back uh, some of these programs. What doesn't work, if you'll notice, and I'm, I, I follow this from a sociological perspective, is that the context in which these programs were created was so mm-hmm. different. So that's why it looked like trendsetting or it was advanced. Even Will and Grace, which is a very funny show, the, mm-hmm. the fact is that being a gay character on a television show was unheard of at yeah. the time. Now, I mean, that's not a it's, big deal anymore. So, no. rah, rah, you know, let's go to the next topic. And this thing exactly. with Roseanne and the Connors and whatever. We had Archie Bunker. We didn't. It was that was. I think Archie Bunker should come back. Well, is it? Well, exactly. I mean, they're bringing everything else back. Well, what I'm saying is that was at least topical in terms of there was a lot of uh, political discussion with Meathead and Archie and all of that. His prejudices. That's how the Jefferson spun off from there. Maude. All those shows. All of those shows exactly. But it was and, the context. And, yeah, it was a context, and it was very relevant for that day. However, I will say that at least if they brought back Archie Bunker, it would be, it would still be relevant for today. Oh, isn't that something? He, yes, isn't He's that a something? So character, correct. Once once again, <laughs> where is where is the growth? You know, um, well, I Teresa, stop! Don't don't lose any sleep over this. Oh, are, I sure are, won't. There are there are smart people out there. There are people who are inquiring. There are people that are waking up. The key is that the founders, everybody loves to, to beat the drum about the founders. The founders, they caution against people who, they said that in order for a democracy to thrive is it needs an intelligent populace. And that they put the the faith in the fact that people would educate themselves and so on. But we've become, excuse me, so numb 
to all of this, that mm-hmm. um, it's not just the schools. I think it's the idea that, uh, that we, we just need to be more self-reflective, self-aware, and we need to read. <laughs> That's what I would like to, that is, to exactly, say. Exactly. And I just want to be clear is that I'm not saying that there are uninformed, you know, that the whole populace of this nation is uninformed. But I will say that there is a good amount of people that are uninformed, and there's a lot of things out there that are the causations to them not being informed and and a lot of the conversations to them not being informed is that uh some of them don't want to be informed or they you know they they are selective and now they're being informed all i'm saying is is that be informed so that you would know what's going on and what's going to hurt you your family and your children going on you know go you know going on um before you you know because remember this and this is something that i tell people they have children and things like this okay um you may transition before your, you know, before your child, but just remember that your child is part of you going forward. Remember that your child is part of you going forward. So wouldn't that mean for me, wouldn't that mean that you want to put the best and do the best and everything for the child going forward, that you will want everything that, that encompasses your child going forward to be the best so that they can live out their life like you lived out yours. That's, you well, know, that's because I just, you think about things like that. I, I yeah, I, I'm, so I'm a deep, I'm a deep thinker. Shaken. Yeah, I'm a deep thinker. Shaken. Yeah, they think, and exactly. And this is why I report the things on my show that I, that I report and that I give them the, you know, where they want to go. If, if I give them the, the information, I got this from blah, 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 da, 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 on this date so that they could go and look at this article and read it in its entirety, you know, so this is mm-hmm. what I mean, you know, about uh, education. So I'm, you know, my program is very not only informative, but it's also very educational. Okay. Well, I think part, <laughs> part, part of this conversation very quickly, and as I, I'm writing in my book, The Broken Social Contract, that mm-hmm. education is not just going to school. Education yeah. is absorbing your life and the surroundings and things that have an impact on you, not just you, but your society, where you live, how you live, and the, it's really more about choices than anything else. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, my listeners who have been following me for a while know that I tell them that, you know, everything you you see, you hear, you listen to, you know, all of that is food for your body. It's not just you going out eating at McDonald's or Fleming's or where else. It's, it's not just that. It's all of that. It's the people that you surround yourself with. All of these things become part of you. Okay, so that's all I'm saying. Now let's move on, Michelle. Following Trump down a rabbit hole, what does that mean? Um, Senator Klobuchar, uh, she's a Democrat. She was on The View last Thursday, Michelle, and she gave a great interview. However, she made a statement that made me talk to the television as she was speaking, that is, and I'm paraphrasing. She said, we need to be focused and not to follow Trump down every rabbit hole because focus will be lost for what is really at stake. You know, Trump says so many misleading and proving and unproven things and nobody challenges him on it. Like we just got through discussing, you know, earlier in our talks. 
Now, with this comment, what the senator made uh, um, made me uh, think about is the, is the Democrats need to be more forthcoming and vocal like the Republicans and stop being so nice. What do you think about that, Michelle? Well, again, this is an old story. The, the going down the rabbit hole is a distraction. This mm-hmm. is to keep people off set, to keep them mm-hmm. on one foot, I call it. It makes it creates anxiety. And she's I think she's absolutely right. It's like chasing what they call bright, shiny objects mm-hmm. all the time. And mm-hmm. if you keep chasing all these loose ends, you're never gonna get anywhere. You're just gonna go around in a circle. And like mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland when the Cheshire cat said to her, Where is it that she was lost? Where is it you wanna go? She said, I don't know. So he said, What difference does it make? What road you take? Because mm-hmm. you, you have you to don't know, know. You're going. Yes, yes, you have to know where mm-hmm. you're going. And uh, Amy Klobuchar is a very well-informed person. It doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican. It, this has to do with how people think. And that's what's not mm-hmm. happening here, is people are exactly. not thinking. And this is what we're talking about, um, Michelle, based, you know, actually, is that I want people to be avid thinkers and, and on point. I talk about that a lot. Um, you know, in, in what is happening around them, be cognizant of when you leave your house, notice that, oh, wow, my neighbor, um, tree has fallen down or my neighbor, this, that, be cognizant. And then this way you don't get caught up in, in whatever it is. But yeah, and, but see, this is also the news media. They do follow him down all of these rabbit holes, which has nothing to do with what is really needing to have attention paid to. And they, <clears throat> excuse me. And they go on and on about it, you know, for, for you know, if, if people listen to this, they're repeating the same story over and over and over and over again, Michelle. And it doesn't well, have, have anything. they have to fill the air. They have to fill and, the air front for their, <coughs> their uh, you know, for the commercials. That's yeah, I, oh yeah, oh yeah, but you know, they could do, they could do these things better and they could do it differently. This is oh, all I I'm agree. saying. I think they ought to ignore him for a week. I, I think that would be a great thing. We exactly. Exactly. So. Stop. Stop. You know. Stop. It, it just stop. It just Don't really. Give it just, attention just because what you know, attention to grows, and that who needs that? It's we're going to talk. Some, yeah, it's negativity. We're going to talk uh, about that. That's a good segue into my next topic. Watch what you hate, as it can manifest itself in your life. Totally. Well, I want to start off, uh, Michelle, by saying that there are so many laws in our lives. We, above all, have the laws of God, the Ten Commandments. We have our federal, state, and local laws, laws that we as human beings that we have in within ourselves abide on by on a daily basis, as this is what we should want to do. However, there is another law that I want to discuss with you, Michelle, uh, for my listeners, and that is the law of attraction, now, according to Core.com, Gina Vincenza Van Epp, she is a believer in the law of attractions, and she wrote an article that is titled, According to the Law of Attraction, if you hate someone internally but do not show your hatred, um, you will give off the negative, you will give off negative vibes and make them hate you. Okay, this is um, on an article that was on March 20, uh, March 11, 2017. Now, Michelle, she says in part that Hate is a lower level emotion with a lot of negative energy behind it. The more passionate you feel about how much you hate or dislike someone or something, the more energy you will attract to the situation. 
If you want more people in situations uh, to hate in your life, keep doing what you're doing. As I've always said, you know, if you want to keep getting what you're getting, keep doing what you're doing. If you want to start attracting better people and better situations, you have to start focusing on other things besides your lower level emotion. Now, the reason that I'm bringing this 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 up, um, Michelle and my listeners, is because this week there was uh, there was and still is a lot of controversy about the brown people um, exiting their country. They're referring to them as the caravan of thousands, the caravan of thousands that are supposedly on his way to this country. And Trump has <laughs> vowed that he will employ the military because this is something that also supposedly that the Democrats orchestrated and or mm-hmm. paid in some conversations to come to this country. Now, right. Trump stated in his rally talks this week that included um, in this march of people to this country. And he says that included in these people are Middle Easterners in the mix. They're murderers and and other horrid descriptions of people that he said. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. So, Michelle, exactly. Anyway. My point to all of this is watch what you hate because it can manifest in your life and there can be no way that it can be contained until you learn better in how you view in these cases. Okay. Now, does this mm-hmm. make sense to you what I'm saying, Michelle? Oh, you understand yeah, what I, I'm saying? I live this every day and I have seen it personally. The thing is that whatever we focus on creates an energy field. People exactly. don't understand perception. And that exactly. if you can imagine these little molecules going around and around in an orbit, that mm-hmm. when you're depressed, you're in a lower frequency. It's, it's actually uh, the laws of the universe. Everything goes on a frequency. So mm-hmm. that's why when you're in a depression, you want to get out as quickly as possible because you keep attracting. It's like people who are accident-prone. Mm-hmm. They, they use that's been used in in research that people who are accident prone actually attract some of these things to come to them that they think they have no control over. Control over, yeah. So that yes. the the attraction, what we want to do is start putting ourselves in a higher frequency. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're better than anybody else. This is it just means raising your own what I call resonance, how we mm-hmm. resonate. And, yeah. you know, for your own, you meet a person and you you say, God, I know this, I feel like I know this person for, since, uh, you know, childhood and you just met them, you know. And then there's some people you can't even bear to look at them because yeah. there's something about them. There, so yeah. that's what we have to be aware of is to start attracting and living in that higher frequency because things will come to you like a magnet. Oh, Yeah. And, um, um, you know, people, a lot of people just don't, don't understand it. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not attracting this. I'm not attracting this. Um, I've talked about this on my show. Another person who talks about, um, this, this sort of, um, uh, uh, thing on, on the show as well, um, is, is, um, Steve Harvey. He talks about, he doesn't call it the laws of attraction, but, you know, he has this, um, segment on his show called, uh, Ask, uh, Steve. And, um, uh, hey Steve, I'm sorry. Hey Steve, I'm sorry about that. And, um, I, 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 um, I record his show and, um, and, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. I, I, I do like his show. However, he tells these women 
they want to know why they're getting this kind of man in their life and this and he's basically telling them what we're talking about right now Michelle is that these are things that you are attracting and until they are open-minded enough and 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 they can you know you know check themselves as as we as we said back in the day I'm bringing that back check yourself and see what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. it isn't hard you know to find out okay I'm doing this but what is hard Michelle is owning up to the things that you're not doing right. That's the hard part. A lot of people well, don't want to admit that they're doing something wrong or they well, said something wrong or, or whatever, you know. responsibility for one's actions. It's so much easier to be a victim and feel like everything's happening to exactly. somebody. So the minute you take responsibility, the, you also, people are terrified of changing anything because they'd rather be miserable and mm-hmm. at least they know they're miserable rather than make a change, which might require a little work, maybe read a book, maybe go back to school, maybe uh, sing a song, whatever it is. As, as long as a coach, one of the things that we talk about is perspective, that there's mm-hmm. more than one perspective to an issue. Exactly. So one, <clears throat> one of the things that I do with clients is I, I ask them, when I coach on the phone, is to stand up and walk around their chair because their whole perspective changes the minute mm-hmm. that you take action. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, <clears throat> excuse me, as you have said, that a lot of people don't want to do that because they have something that is called fear, okay, that, you know, oh, wow, am I really acting this way? Am I really dressing this way? Am I really talking this way? Am I, am I really, here's the big one, am I really thinking this way? And they're comfortable, what I refer to, in their own soup. They like marinating and bubbling and all of that, you know what I'm saying, instead of dealing with all of that. Right, Okay. I have familiar. A, yeah, yeah it's this familiar. You want to stay with what, what it is that's familiar to them, which is very sad because then they're, they're in it, that in itself, Michelle, okay, impacts growth there you go okay i have a few more minutes and i want to get this in very quickly um this is an article about david um a grin he says that fewer caravan migrants are marching to u.s mexico border says mexican government now trap uh trump has railed against the latest migrant caravan since last week uh taken to, to twitter to rip the governments of el salvador guatemala honduras for failing to deal with the crisis and threatening to re, uh, reduce U.S. Um, aid even more to these countries. He also uh, faulted Mexico through uh, its government and has sent federal police and teamed up with more than 30 U.N. officials to review um, asylum applications of migrants before they get into the United States. Now, Trump has said during a rambling exchange with reporters at the White House on Tuesday afternoon that it's really unfair to the millions of people that are waiting in line to come in legally into our country. And uh, now some will say this is a hardened stance, um, um, Mike Pompeo says, but the United States is historically generous when it comes to welcoming in, uh, immigrants. Now I have about a, two and a half minutes, Michelle. What is your thought on that? Well, once again, history repeats itself. Every group has had a chance to be persecuted in this country, whether it was the Italians, the Germans, the Jews, you name it. Everybody's head around in the barrel. Uh, we mm-hmm. talk about immigration, we talk about it like it's an invasion. 
rather mm-hmm. than seeing the benefit. The other thing is the more you scare people, they freeze. It's like a, a an animal looking into a headlight. So this is the mm-hmm. way of controlling people. And uh, the yeah. fact is that these people coming up through the border, he makes it sound like that it's the barbarians at the gate, you know. Exactly. Um, the fact is he cannot legally have the, the army come to his aid. There's a thing Thank called you. Posse Camarada, which, which prohibits Thank you. the U.S. military on uh, home soil. Thank you. That's- Thank you. Thank you. And for all of those who did not know that, I hope that that's you that you understood that. And that's something that that I was going to say is I'll use the military. No, he's not. The reason the military is not there is because he does. He can't do that. Okay, so I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle, so much for being on my show. This this month is, is really it means a lot to me. And you know that I will have you back. I appreciate your comments. I think that you are absolutely fabulous. And I think that um, we've talked about a great number of things. And I hope that my listeners uh, enjoyed it. I hope that they uh, learned something from it as well. And um, and I'm wishing all of you out there to have a very great day. Um, I want to say that I will be returning on the 8th of November. And we're going to be, um, you know, I'm going to be discussing a number of um a number of um, educational and informative um, content um, along with the outcome of the midterm election, along with the world's best mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell. So stay tuned for that. I'm asking you guys to go out and be kind to yourself because that's where it starts. And then you put it on others. This is Teresa E. Keys. Make it a blessed day.